<laughs> Welcome to this episode of My Beard on the Mic. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of I Don't Have a Beard. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of History Told by Idiots and One Redhead. <laughs> Who doesn't have a beard? Who doesn't have a beard? to this episode of History Told by Idiots. My name is Tessa. I'm Josh. I'm Tyrell. And on today's episode, we're going to tell you some awesome facts about some creepy, abandoned, historical places. Maybe not necessarily creepy, but super cool. Uh, they're, they're, they're creepy. And kind of creepy. Mine's pretty creepy. Yeah, Tyrell's yeah. is definitely creepy. Ours yeah. Considering there's a whole horror series based around there it. There is a whole horror oh, well, series based on what? Ours could potentially be creepy. I mean, there there was police tape up around one of the buildings that we went in, and then we heard the next day that there was maybe somebody killed there, but we don't know. We'll hmm. save that for just a second, though. Research is, yeah. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about my birthday weekend vacation because this is how this all started so this is why i want her to open it up <laughs> so um she, she does some awesome storytelling it was my birthday weekend and uh we were in pigeon forge in gatlinburg which is my favorite place on the face of the earth absolutely and um my mom suggested that maybe we drive to cade's cove for the day because as many times as i've been we've never been to cade's cove have you been to cade's cove uh yes well, I've never been, and I know that there's lots of like uh, historical stuff out that way, and that's the kind of stuff that we like to do and look at, but for whatever reason, we we drove toward Cades Cove, and we stopped at the visitor center um, before you turn up into the, the, the Smoky Mountains uh, Sugarlands Visitor Center. Otherwise not a Sugarlands. And my mother happens to be like, hey, do you remember we read about that abandoned town of Elkmont? Something on Facebook, the Facebook, as she says. Yeah, the Facebook. Facebook. Something on the Facebook uh, about the abandoned town. Your mom and listens I was to like, this, doesn't she? She does. Yeah, she, does. <laughs> she does. Hi, Mom. <laughs> but um, I, I was like, oh my gosh, we should totally go try to find this. And I didn't really expect that we would do it. Uh, so we went into this visitor center. And it's, this awesome, it's an awesome visitor center. So they've got like all these exhibits and stuff you can go through. And they've got park rangers stationed there that will tell you all about trails and all kinds of stuff. So we went, we kind of bought a little map for Cades Cove because at this point we thought maybe we would still make it. And we asked one of the park rangers, like, hey, how do we get to Elkmont? Just tell us on, like, the DL, how we get to this abandoned town. (laughs) And he was like, well, it's a pretty fair hike. And so immediately mom was like, oh, I don't know if it's like a massive hike. I don't don't know if we're going to find it. And I said, well, let's just drive. I'll get some shady internet directions and we'll see what we can do. (laughs) And she did. And I did. (laughs) And it turns out that it's not a hike at all. So it's actually on the way to where you would go toward Cades Cove. So we were going in the same general direction anyway. So we're driving through the Smokies. And it's beautiful if you've never been. It's just gorgeous. But we're driving through the Smokies, and we follow these shady internet directions. And it was like, all of a sudden, in the middle of the woods... The directions, all it says is turn left at the ranger station. Yeah, and that's all that it says. Yeah, that's all that it says. (laughs) It's like, go to the sign that says Elkmont, turn left, turn left at the ranger station. That's the only thing that I could find at the time. <laughs> and I'm sure that there probably are better directions, but um, I was on a cell phone trying to get signal in the middle of, in the, middle of the woods. Yeah. And uh, I had to go with the first thing I could find, and that was it. So all of a sudden, you're in the middle of the mountains, and then there's just an abandoned town that just crops up yep. in, the middle, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, you notice this huge, huge camping ground first. Yeah, there's a massive campground, and then you keep going past the campground, and that's when you see the row of houses. And so, like, in my mind, I thought, 
it would be like two or three little houses. What? Maybe skip an area, two or three more little houses. And no. Law, law mm-hmm. cabins, like normally when you go to Smoky Mountains or something like this, you see abandoned um, log cabins. And well, so in my mind, that's why I was prepared to see was, because we've been to the Ogles Farm dozens of times. I love going up there and it's an old abandoned cabin. I should tell you a story really fast. My grandmother, like, defaced the uh, one of the old cabins in the middle oh. of the park. We went in and she, she saw that these people had graffitied all over the walls. And so she had this black marker and she wrote our family, like, our all of our names and where we were from and all this. <laughs> and I was like, Granny, you're not supposed to do that. That's illegal. You're defacing property. And she was like, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. And we went back like 10 years later, and that was still there. (laughs) It's not there now, but it was. But anyway, we both expected it to be kind of rustic, um, kind of spread out. No, it's like, it's, I mean, legit, like it has a main street, a paved main mm -hmm. street through town. And there's these little homes on both sides of the street. And they're not, for the most part, they're not cabins they're houses houses and at the end of this road is the is a big clubhouse that they used to use Mm -hmm. so we get out of the car and um we start exploring they've got some historical markers up so what we end up gathering is that we're standing in a place called daisy town and there are around probably 16, 17 structures so about, roughly about 17. standing in Daisy Town. So um, we take off exploring. We lose my mom within the first 10 seconds. She yeah, goes one way, yeah. we go the other. She's like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. <laughs> so Josh and I take off and uh, we go start exploring. We notice that um, some of the houses you can get into, they're, they're all just like wide open. They're just wide open, doors wide open. A couple of them have signs. You know, to be careful and stuff yeah. like that. Or property of the, what is it? Property National of National Park Service. Park Service. Yeah. But, so we go in to the first house. And it's just like a complete step backward in time. Yeah. It's amazing. Just looking at like at like the old clawfoot bathtub that's still in the bathroom. And the sink. And the stove in the kitchen. And all of the cabinets. And the antique linoleum tile that that would have been like the height of fashion back when these little houses were built. And what's so freaky is walking into the bathrooms and seeing the shower curtain still Yeah, the shower curtain still hanging. 70-year-old shower curtains, 60-year-old shower curtains still hanging. Hmm. And uh, I mean, just like it was just like yesterday or something, you know. So we went into like every structure that we could get into, including some that we probably shouldn't have went into. At a risk of asbestos and lead poisoning. Yeah, <laughs> totally worth it. Um, oh, it was the floors. Some of the floors were not particularly safe, but we were just like super careful. Um, one of the coolest things that we saw there's there was this one house, and it it literally looked like. They had just taken two or three houses and shoved them together. And then outside of it, there was a small, like, one-room little cabin that just totally didn't belong there. It didn't look like it belonged at all. And it it was just kind of cutesy. And out front, there was, like, a circular... It was just like a stone circle, but it had a pipe going to it. And my mom had remarked on it, like, hey, maybe that was a fountain or something. So I'll come back to that. Because we went, we went and did some research. The, the cool thing was, after we left this place, we went back and did a ton of research. Spent the rest of our vacation researching. <laughs> research and development. Yeah, that's what we did the rest of our vacation. We researched Real, this place. Real quick. You got your headphones on backwards. <laughs> they might be a little more comfortable if you turn them around the other way. Oh. <laughs> got her master's degree and she... They're about the same. <laughs> Your ears are backwards. Your ears are backwards. <laughs> That's a problem. But um, we after we explored Daisy Town, um, we decided to just take off onto some little side trails because we knew within reason that there had to be more stuff there. Um, because we had we had read 
on some signs and everything that originally there were 70-some structures around this area. And uh, so we found a graveyard, firstly of all, which we're weird people, and so we enjoy cemeteries. My mom would rather stop and look at a cemetery than go to some, like, fancy dinner attraction any day of the week. And it's been like that since I was a little kid, so... That's the kind of things that I like to do too. So mm. we found a cemetery. It was really it was really neat because um you would read about some of the people in these houses on the signs and then go up into the cemetery and, and find cor- correlations. Yeah. So we did that and then we came off of the hill from the cemetery and took this random little path into the middle of the woods. And then like all of a sudden, lo and behold, we hit this clearing, and here is this, like, super nice, I can't believe it's still standing, cabin, house, mm-hmm. on the river. And you can look at this place and just tell that the people that built it had money. Yeah. I'm talking money. Money. Yeah, real. <laughs> and real com- money. Comes to come to find out that this section of town is called uh, Millionaire's Row. Yep. And it was situated yeah. right on the river, and the rich and famous would go build these vacation homes on the river. And this particular house was called the Spence House, and it was built in, uh, I think, like, it was either 1912, 1919, somewhere along those lines. But even then, they had electricity that ran out to their patio over the river, which was made from granite. Oh, yeah. wow. And it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Huh. Yeah. And then... In a way, it's eerie, too, because you, you can look up what would be Millionaire's Row, mm-hmm. and now it's just skeletons of homes, huh. just chimneys sticking up, because um, the National Park Service started taking buildings down last year. Mm-hmm. So, for Millionaire's Row, the Spence house is the only one that's left. Huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were supposed to have done them all like that, we'll just leave one up. But for some odd reason, Daisy Town just become the main star of the attraction. Right. See, because originally with this settlement, actually, let's just go, let's go back. We're going to tell you kind of the down and dirty, the nitty gritty about Elkmont <laughs> because it'll help you kind of understand how this place was made and formed. Whatever. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it started out much, much like everything else in that area is a logging town. Um, the Little River Lumber Company in what was it, eighteen thirty? Was when it eighteen forty. Eighteen forty was when it originally came into this area, and uh, by nineteen oh eight, they um, started. The owner of the company started partitioning the land out to his wealthy buddies in Knoxville. Because this was the Smokies were not a national park. Yeah, this was before the Smokies became a national park, and that plays a real big role in this. I'm not gonna really say tragic tale, but kind of. It is sad. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's sad. It is. Um, the company was called Jake's Creek Logging Company uh, in 1840. Yeah, we got it wrote down there. And uh, it was Daisy Town. Like the, they started building Daisy Town and the Appalachian Club. The the actual the people that started building this town were members of the Appalachian Club. So, like the Appalachian Club started out as just this little clubhouse that was kind of situated right around the area where um jake's creek the logging company was and then it became this like exclusive Exclusive members yeah resort resort. members only sort of deal and then houses Mm -hmm. started cropping up around it and that's when daisy town went in and then the the actual town of elkmom was where the uh the camping ground was right there's nothing uh, left of it. There's now. nothing left of that. Now it's just one big massive. Uh, come to find out, it is the largest camping ground area in the Great Smoky Mountains. Yeah, it's very uh, large. But we kind of got lost driving through but, it. Yeah, that's where the like the grist mills and the uh, company stores and the lumber mills and and the the factories and all that sort of thing yeah. were there. And the railroad eventually was moved in. It went straight past this. Uh, this logging company. Yep. So it went right through Elkmont. And and the pictures that you will find, uh, we've, we'll go have them up on our uh, Facebook page. Uh, you'll see Daisy Town. And you'll see where the main road is. That's where the railroad was at. Right. Because uh, the Appalachian Club went in, and then Daisy Town went in, and then later when people realized how relaxing 
this location was. The river ran straight, you know, straight through it. It was gorgeous, clear water, just beautiful place. The the rich and famous started building. That's what turned into Millionaire's Row. Mm-hmm. So Millionaire's Row and Daisy Town were side by side. And then up the hill from them was Society Hill. And there were, oh, I don't know, probably 20, 20 25 yeah. houses up there. Hmm. And now all of them are gone, save for one. Yeah, save for one. So huh. Daisy Town is there. There's one house from Millionaire's Row left and one house from Society Hill. It's from Society hmm. Hill. And that's it. Out of 70 structures. Plus, yeah, 70 wow. plus. But uh, one of the earlier one of the earlier settlers, one of the most famous earlier settlers, was Colonel Town uh, Townsend, and uh, he built his home in 1912, um, along with the Wonderland uh, Club. Uh, the Wonderland Club was the uh, Ritz Carlton, I guess, would be the or would be like a Hilton today. Right. So uh, the Appalachian Club was very exclusive. Very exclusive. And they were known to turn people away from membership. So these folks from Daisy Town just got together and built their own resort mm-hmm. and called it the Wonderland Club. And eventually it turned into the Wonderland Hotel. Yep. When the townsfolk more or less was pissed off because they weren't allowed to join. Don't say that word. <laughs> well, can I say that word? I have church kids that listen to this. Ty's a good editor. I am a good editor. <laughs> <laughs> When the t- when the townspeople basically were really mad because they couldn't join this exclusive club, so they exacted their own revenge and bought all the land around it and basically forced the rich people, made a coup on the rich people, and uh, <laughs> turned it into their own little thing, which was really cool. And this was a story all of it itself because there's nothing left of this but the steps leading up to the mountain. Yeah. Or leading up the mountainside. So, because... I had seen video of urban explorers going and finding this hotel and mom had seen them too. So we were super interested in finding this. There are no directions to this. No. And there's one little map in the (laughs) campground. We found Hmm. the most random hole in the wall, little map in the campground and had to sit down and figure out exactly where the bends of the road would go before we could figure out where to go to find this. So, Cause it, and it was a big hotel. Um, 50, it, had it had 50 rooms in it. 50 rooms. The train ran straight it to the... literally stopped at the foot of the steps. Uh-huh. It stopped huh. at the bottom steps, and people would just get off of the train and go straight up to the club. Yeah. I mean, they had, like, dances every Friday night, and the women would wear their big fancy hats yeah. and their, you know... Hmm. I mean, it was such a it was such an important spot that the governor of Tennessee himself would stop and yeah. visit this place. I All mean, the time. Just, all the time. There was a huge fountain out front, a massive lobby with this enormous brick fireplace. And it honestly is probably the largest chimney or largest fireplace that I've seen. Yeah. In... Save for like Biltmore. Yeah, maybe. save for like Biltmore yeah. or something like that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but, but besides that, seriously. Yeah. I mean, it was very impressive, especially for, when was this built? 1919? 1919. So... We find this little map at the campground. For for this area, wandering around in the Great Smoky Mountains and finding yeah. this would have been insane. And we end up passing by this little oh. spot in the road, and Mom says, there it is, there it is, there it is. And we can see the steps. We passed by it twice. Yeah, we passed by it twice, didn't see it. Yeah. Huh. But we, we saw the steps. Was and, it like um, overgrown or something? It's very, it's kind of overgrown. It, well, uh, and where it's stone steps and uh, oh, it, it, it was camouflaged. Yeah, yeah and if you look, if you look at pictures of it, like all of the pictures show this clear shot of cleared off hill, stone steps, and the hotel at the top. Yeah. Well, it's all overgrown now, and then turns out that the hotel itself caught fire in 2016, supposedly yeah. from arson. So it burnt down, and there there were around ten buildings on the hill with it too. That but. was after the townsfolk. Took it back. Right. Um, they built hmm. 10 lodgings, 10 cabins around it. And all of those are gone now. And, yeah, the, the, the chimneys are still what exists of those. So I told you um, Fireplaces. about the little random one-room cabin that I thought was so interesting. So we ended up coming back to the to our cabin and doing some further research on it. And my mom had been like, I wonder if that was a little pond for the children to play in. Turns out she was right. 
she's very oh. intuitive. Yep. So it was, it was um, it, the, the owner of the cabin that I talked about, the house that looked like three houses mashed together, mm-hmm. um, they built it for their children. I'm assuming that they just had girls because they nicknamed this place Adamless Eden. So this little playhouse was called Adamless Eden. Adamless Eden had its own little fish pond out front, and it had manicured garden sculptures and, you know, I mean, like, stonework around it. And and like to back up a little bit, like, the way that Daisy Town was set up was, is that if someone moved out Mm -hmm. and someone, you know, the next tenant moved in, like, the houses were built to where they could be torn apart not really torn apart but deconstructed and put back up the way that the owner saw fit i mean it wasn't a shanty town so it wasn't it wasn't buildings it was just just the way the architecture was and back it then. talks it was, about too that they wanted to go against everything that was popular in the city because this was their country retreat yeah okay uh-huh. so the style was eclectic yeah. and kind of funky and different it wasn't the fancy you know yeah, uptight decor it was because yeah. not, not, knoxville that time would have been like downtown manhattan or something i mean, I mean it was it very sim- simple that's yeah. how they wanted it was that's just simple they, a na- nature moment or something yeah this was their was their nature take. their nature retreat you yeah. know so that's how they wanted it and it's very you can see this when you go look at the pictures that we post how Every house is unique. Every single house is different. There yeah. is not one oh. house that is the same as the next. And sometimes it's weird differences, like <laughs> these massive open beam ceilings. And then the next one that you go into will literally have a walkway on the back of the house that leads to another bathroom and a kitchen and that's another, outdoors. Yeah, it's outdoors. Huh. Uh, and like the weird thing about it was... Is like how tall is your mom, Tessa? She's like she's five eleven. She's, she's five eleven, same, same height as me. Yeah, well, I figured you out. Well, that makes me about five ten then. Uh, we was bending over, like we like at some points of the house that we was literally like the the building was sound, like the yeah. structure was sound. It was just that small. The roof was that small right. of the building. Huh. So we don't. We never could figure out why that that was. We don't know. Maybe people were just short back then. I mean, that's. I mean, that was our only explanation. <laughs> I, I, I have mean, heard it, that before, so I'm sure that there's probably a little grain of truth in that. I'm yeah. sure. And they all slanted in the back. The most what they all had in common was they they just slanted as it got closer. Well, you to can the back. see my pictures. Yeah. When I I would line up a shot, something always looks crooked because something in the house is always crooked, yeah. and that's oh, probably a lot due to yeah, age. But yeah. I. The yeah. way that they used to just mash the buildings together kind of adds to that, too. Hmm. So then you have the clubhouse um, that's at the at the back of the property, and now they've redone it. And it's Not a gorgeous. lot of people know that it's there, yeah. which is kind of cool. So um, they actually will rent it out for weddings and stuff like yep. that, and it's oh, cool. pretty cheap. Like two hundred dollars a day. <laughs> it's really cheap, um, and it's beautiful. But not a lot of people know it's there. Huh. Um, but unfortunately, um, well, I wouldn't say unfortunately. Um, in nineteen thirty four, when the there was some gentlemen that I forgot the name of, we'll just have to do. You'll have to do your own research on that. They had they had such power that they started lobbying for the national park. Um, Elkmont was actually the reason that the Great Smoky Mountains was lobbied to become a national park. Um, these gentlemen had visited Yellowstone and they'd lobbied for Yellowstone to be a national park. And when they owned houses, I'm assuming a millionaire's, millionaire's row. Um, yes, one of them did own a house just one in, of Daisy, did, in, Daisy in, in Daisy Town. In Daisy Town. Right. They started pushing, lobbying uh, the president and stuff to make this a national park. And the reason I said unfortunate is because once once it became a national park, these people were given a choice um, to either sell right out um, for whatever their full value was for their house mm-hmm. or uh, take half price and have a lifelong lease. Huh. So if you, I mean, like the thing that hits me so hard about this is I went into these homes that people had lives in. I mean, there were babies brought home from the hospital yeah. to these homes, kids, kids, 
some of them you could go through and they had the markings on the wall where they measured their height. I mean, families grew up in these homes. For some people, they weren't just vacation houses. They were where they lived. Even up until 2001, right? Right. Was the last. And that's that's what kind of is eerie about it because they did not want to leave. Yeah. Uh, One of the the pictures that I found, uh, one of the cottages in Millionaire's Row was called Spring Cottage. Mm -hmm. And the family had left a note on the mantle that said, we're so sorry that it had to end this way. We love you, Spring Cottage. I mean, these people did huh. not want to, to not go. Want. And, they, and they weren't given a choice. It was like, okay, you either take the money or you go. I mean, it's just... Yeah, like mm-hmm. you can have this lifetime lease, but that's it. And you, yeah. if you keep the lifetime lease, then you get half your price. You get half your price. And where it's a national park, you can't add on. You can't do no destruction of the, of the land around you. Yeah. So it was yeah. like, okay, I mean... <laughs> so the last, well, most of the leases expired in the early 90s. They're 98. 98. 98, yeah. Uh, the last one expired in 2001. And that's and that's weird because we actually went into that cabin. And I remember remarking to Tessa, like, have they begun renovating this or something? Because really, you remember it was, the Yeah, because it was nicer. It was kind of nicer. It was, it was nicer, and it was the floors were gorgeous. My mom just huh. renovated her house, and up until she renovated, she had a ceiling fan from like 1965 and that hanging in her fan. bedroom. And I was like, Mom, your ceiling fan's up there. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so. But come to find out, though, that that was the last house that was abandoned. Yeah. Uh, we found pictures that, from yeah. 2001. 2001, yep. Right so. before he right before he left, I forgot the gentleman's name, but yeah. <laughs> but it was not the one that had police tape around it. No, it I was don't. not the one. <laughs> yeah. So we go into this last house. We enter it from the back. Yeah. And don't pay attention. Like it just never crossed my mind that we shouldn't go in. Even though all the national park signs said a six thousand dollar fine and six months in jail. Okay, but that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> They do say that, but if you don't go to the entrance of Elkmont and read that sign, the one sign that says it, you'll, you would sign, never yeah. know. <laughs> and so we didn't even see this until after, regardless. So regardless, we yeah. went into this last house and got some super cool pictures. There was a really old, really old stove that was just awesome. Took pictures of it. Found a can of boiled peanuts. Took a picture of that. So... That yep. was really good. And then we go out the front of the house, and there's like this big sign. The door is literally nailed shut, and then there's this sign that's like "Do not enter" and police tape everywhere. Federal government. And I was like, not oh. not, oh. not local police, not state police, federal government agency. Oh. Do not enter this. I house. was like, well, <laughs> this is a crime scene. Now my DNA is in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I, like I said, I'm assuming asbestos and lead. It was we really didn't know though. Nicer... Aliens. 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 <laughs> we didn't know. We went out Masons. the back. We went out the back. Three Masons. We <laughs> went in the back entrance, so we didn't yeah. see that until after we left. There was there but... was one the first house on the left. Do you remember what its name was? Because it was a stable that the gentleman had renovated into a house. Oh, you're thinking of uh, Spindletop. Spindletop. It was called Spindletop. Yeah, Spindletop. Yeah. That was in Society Hill. Yeah. That was in Society Hill. Yeah, we it's creepy too. After we got home to do research. That you can find exactly who lived there, what their names were, when their lease was up, and pictures huh. from the insides of their houses when they were homes and stuff like that. So, and, and it, I guess it's the to me it's more of a tragedy because these houses were allowed to sit there, like I, they yeah. called it natural reclamation, they let nature take them back over. Yeah, and uh, that's what happened to the Wonderland Hotel up on the up on the mountain until it was burnt. Um. And like the where it's a national park, they they weren't allowed to renovate right. these and make them part of Gatlinburg mm-hmm. or, you know, whatnot. They now at this point they are in the process of stabilizing. I think four homes in Daisy Town. Yeah. Yep. Um. I mean, all of them are still there, you know, but they're stabilizing these four. And you can tell which ones they're working on because they've got, you know, cross beams holding yeah, the ceiling beam. up and stuff like that. They were, yeah, they yeah. were looking paint. Because there's some with updated paint and huh. whatnot. But, uh, yeah, if you're if you're ever in Gatlinburg, I mean, just definitely be respectful, obviously, because we come home and watch YouTube videos of these nutcases 
oh, there's ghosts here. We heard this and, and that's totally disrespecting. Slamming doors and slamming know, doors like and tiki and ha ha for views and whatnot and all that stuff. Yeah. That drives me insane. I can't handle that. Yeah, I uh, hate watching like the the abandoned places videos and like yeah. there's graffiti everywhere and like people busting out windows and all that kinds of junk. Like respect it, man. If it's you're, yeah, history. If you're, you're going to urban explore, like you know, I, I consider all three of us here amateur urban explorers because we like going to the old houses and whatnot. But this yeah. kind of really set the interest off to me to like really. I mean, it was amazing. Explore. It was amazing. World best trip. best birthday ever. Oh, we would totally go. Oh, we, we, we would, would totally go back because we we did not go up to Society Hill because we, we didn't, didn't know it we existed. Didn't know it existed until yeah. we come back because oh, okay. there's literally no signal. Like I wanted to look up stuff, some info while we were there. There is yeah. no signal right. hmm. um, because you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we didn't know Society Hill existed until we got back, and we, I mean, seriously, almost turned the car around and came back the next day. <laughs> It bothered my mom. It really she was bothered. like, "I wish we would have went up there to see those houses on it, Society it, it Hill." Like, seriously, like the whole entire trip, I only was all sitting there thinking about it. Like, mom was going, "We're going to Society Hill <laughs> yeah. the next time that we come back well, here." Next time we go back, we're taking better cameras and and yeah, video camera. We'll take a video camera next. Hey, time. listen, I've got my big DSLR. Yeah, we should go. I mean, seriously, it was amazing. And I would like to have been more prepared, but seriously, spur of the moment. Yeah. We, the park, the way the park ranger talked, he was like, you're not going to be able to find this you're place. Yeah. It was not hard to find at all once we knew what we were looking for, but we didn't expect to find it, firstly of all. Yeah. And secondly of all, we didn't expect it to be as cool and historical as it was. Yeah. So we hmm. ended up spending like four hours Four and, hours or more. There was no Cade's Cove, and, put it and, that way. And I'll, and I'll give a shout-out to my mother-in-law. Like, she's had knee surgery, neck surgery, and soon-to-be-back surgery, soon be surgery, and she was she, like a kid in a candy She was shop. taking it like a trooper. <laughs> and me and Tessa was Not wired. one yeah. complaint. Uh, yeah. Not and one complaint. Me and Tessa was actually struggling at one point, like when we got to Millionaire's Row. She was like, oh, look over there, look over there. And we was like, huh, what? <laughs> I was struggling. She was like running through the graveyard, like, look at these tombstones. Yeah. I mean, very respectfully. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I said, graveyards are kind of our thing because there's so much history. Listen, it's just if, amazing. If I knew that I could still get to them and everything, like I could take you all to see some like really old graveyards. Like there's yeah. this one where it's kind of odd. There's this big, there's a tall white grave marker. It's like ivory. Like it's really wide. It's there's it's not stained at all, and there's there's a lamb on the top of it. So I'm assuming that it's like a kid, probably. And uh, there's no there's no name or anything on it. It's just a, a just a picture of a lamb on it, and uh, like people leave coins on it, huh? And like little toy cars and stuff. Is this local? Yeah, this is local. This is like 20 minutes from my house, huh? Yeah, what? there's like, got to be no, some history behind that. Yeah, the only way you can get to it's by four wheeler. There's no wow. way that you can get to it with a car. And, like, it was a tough ride to get to it. I don't even know if that's it's still accessible. Pretty cool. Most of the of the graves in this cemetery were from the 30s, 40s. There were some in the 1800s. Yeah, there was, like, one unmarked pile of stones sort of deal. But the most yeah. of them were, were names that you saw, like Trentham. Because yeah. there, Trentham there actually is a cabin, the Levi Trentham cabin, yeah. that was original to the area... Before it was a before it was a logging town, yeah. so it's re hmm. really old, and um, they the owners of the house in front of it moved it there to use it as a guest cabin. Yep. So, um, yeah, she was like traipsing through that cemetery, just looking at stuff like a kid in a candy <laughs> store, and I was like, I can't go. There's yellow jackets everywhere, and I'm <laughs> I am terrified of bees. Let me just say. I'll run like a little girl. And, and you know, like, you know, like I'm, I'm an anthropologist, was supposed to be an anthropologist by trade. That's what I went to school for. And, you know, I'm bending down, squatting down, looking at all these rocks and looking at all this stuff. And I'm telling Tessa some of the things. And we look up and my mother-in-law's gone. Like, she's seriously She's on the other her. side yeah. of the graveyard. And I'm like, I'm going to stay over here where there's no yellow jackets. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun. So... Yeah, that was that was our that was Tessa's birthday. Yeah, it was, it was like our... the coolest birthday ever. So uh, again, uh, and then I went to go watch Infinity War. So yeah, yeah. Uh, again, um, it's up. All the pictures will be up on our Facebook page. History told by idiots. Yeah, I need to give yeah. you guys access to like the Twitter and Instagram too. Yeah, just don't steal them because <laughs> there's some really cool ones. I'm proud of some of those pictures. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, there will be video, too. I've actually got some video that I have got to splice together, and um, I'll be putting that up soon, maybe tomorrow. I might work on it tomorrow while I'm at the library. So Cool. Super cool. Right. It was really neat. Um, Ty's topic makes me excited, too, because it's based on some of or my favorite horror yeah. games are based on. Um, so, for my topic, I picked... Centralia, Pennsylvania, but most people would probably know it as the basis for the Silent Hill games and movies. Ooh. Yep. It's, uh, this is like one of my favorite places to research, and I've always wanted to go there ever since I found out about it. Plus, uh, you know, it's, it kind of ties in with, with Appalachian history and everything too. Yeah, because it's, because it's a cult. It's a cult town. Yeah. Right. Um. So back in in uh, seventeen forty nine, uh, Native American tribes in the in that area sold this to colonial agents for five hundred and ninety bucks. Ooh, yeah. so expensive. <laughs> I mean, at that point, back in time, then it was, was though. Yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot of yeah, money. That was a lot. The settlers surveyed it, explored the land, and then uh, um, in 1793, Robert Morris, who's actually a very prominent figure, and I'm actually related to him somewhere or another. I don't remember how that how that was, but he's in my family tree there somewhere. But uh, he's a Revolutionary War hero and is actually a signatory on the uh, Declaration of Independence. Ooh, cool. Yeah. Um, he acquired a third of Centrali's land. Then he declared bankruptcy in 1798 and surrendered it to the Bank of the United States. Then a French sea captain, uh, Stephen Girard, purchased his land for $30,000, including 68 tracks east of Morris's. Um, and then he learned that there was coal in the region. There's coal in them there. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the coal deposits, they were pretty well overlooked uh, until they started running uh, a railroad in the area in 1854. They they really started a township there uh, around 1832 when Jonathan Faust opened the Bull's Head Tavern. Um, he opened the Bull's Head Tavern in what they called the Roaring Creek uh, the Roaring Creek township uh and this gave the town its first name bullshead in 1842 Citralia's land was bought by the locust mountain coal and iron company uh alexander ray moved his family in and began and began planning a village and then he named it centerville hmm. but in 1865 changed it to centralia because the post office already had a Centerville in uh, in another county. Yeah, <laughs> convenience. So, so both of our stories: the government's doing their thing and meddling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then they built the railroad in 1854 to trans- uh, transport the coal. Um, Centralia was incorporated as a borough in 1866, and they were the uh, the, the principal employer was Alexander Ray. Uh, but he was murdered by members of Molly Maguire of uh, the Molly Maguire family. Ooh. Yeah, in 1868, hmm. during a trip between Centralia and Mount Carmel. Um, three men were eventually convicted of his death and were hanged in the county seat. Uh, several uh, several other murders and incidents of arson took place over the years. Uh, so the area has a lot of really dark history, which is what partially led to, uh, you know, it being a theme for the Silent Hill games. Mm-hmm. And was this like a small town or? Yeah, it was tiny. So violent yeah. little town. Yeah. Uh, which, you know. Kind of like Wattsburg. <laughs> dur- during those days, you know, murder and everything was a lot more commonplace than what most people like to believe. Everybody mm-hmm. was like, oh, everybody was so nice and everything back then. No. 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 Like, they, like, if you looked at them wrong, they'd probably kill you. Well, I mean, you know, you take your neighbor's pig and you have the most famous feud in American history. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You could legally be killed for next to nothing. Yeah. You're a horse thief, dead. 
what most people know uh, Centralia for. Um, in May 1962, they hired uh, five members of the volunteer fire company to clean up a uh, landfill located in an uh, abandoned strip mine next to Oddfellow Cemetery just outside the, the limits of the borough. On May 27th, 62, the firefighters, as, they, as they've done in the past, set the dump on fire and let it burn for some time. Unlike in previous years, however, the fire was not fully extinguished. Normally this would have been a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, let me just interject. Yeah. <laughs> um, an unsealed opening in the pit allowed the fire to enter the labyrinth of, of abandoned coal mines underneath Centralia. And this led to the fires uh, underneath Centralia that eventually broke through the surface and completely covered the town in smoke. Um, in 1979, locals became aware of the scale of the problem when a gas station owner, then Mayor uh, John Coddington, inserted a dipstick into one of his underground tanks to check the fuel level. When he withdrew it, it seemed hot. Huh. Oh. Yeah. Uh, he lowered a thermometer into the tank and uh, was shocked to discover that the temperature of the gasoline in the tank was 172 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, yeah. That's bad news. Yeah. It, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> not good at all. Um, statewide attention to the fire began to increase, uh, culminating in 1981, when a 12-year-old resident named Todd Domboski fell into a sinkhole started opening up sinkholes in the town. Uh, it was four feet wide and 150 feet deep. So he di he, he died. His cousin, Eric Eric Wolfgang, pulled Domboski out of the hole and saved his life. Oh, good, okay. So he did live. Um, the plume of hot steam billowing from the hole was tested and found to contain a lethal level of carbon monoxide. Mm. Yeah. Although there was physical... Evidence of the fire. Residents of Centralia were bitterly divided over the question of whether or not the fire posed a direct threat to the town. I mean, because that's like slow death. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Carbon monoxide yeah. poisoning. Yeah. But at the rate that it was, you know, coming out from underneath the town, like, it, I don't think it would have killed people, but it probably would have made them very, very sick. Very sick and paranoid. Yeah. What, what would probably... Would have been, would have posed more danger was the sinkholes, right? Because like it, like most people have seen pictures online and everything of Centralia. Um, like if you look, like there's cracks in the roads and everything. Like I've yeah. never seen pictures of this place. Really? You, mm -mm. Didn't you watch that exploring with Josh when they went to Centralia? No. Like seriously, like the ground is so mm -hmm. ruptured. Um. And displaced No, and but I will yeah. have to watch it now. Yeah. In 1983, Congress allocated more than $42 million for relocation efforts for people. Uh, most people took it, and about uh, 1,000 people moved out of town, and 500 structures were demolished. In 92, um, Pennsylvania Governor Bob Casey invoked eminent domain on all property in the borough, condemning all the buildings within. Yeah, uh, residents started a legal effort to try and overturn it, but uh, ended up failing. In 2002, the uh, U U.S. Postal Service discontinued Centralia's zip code. Um, and in 2009, Governor Ed Rendell uh, began eviction of the remaining Centralia residents. It actually, the mine fire has actually extended to the village of Burnsville, a short distance to the south, and required it to also be abandoned. Burnsville. Yeah, Burnsville. Irony. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, there's, uh, let's see, I had census stuff here. Yeah. As of 2000, the population of Centralia, Pennsylvania was 21. As of 2010, it was 10. And the the last estimation that they have was in 2013. It's estimated that seven people were still living there. Seven. 
Seven people. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, Stubborn. Wow. <laughs> hey, you're sitting on this. Yeah, you're you basically sitting you. on, uh, you know, a puff of smoke that uh, can collapse at any given moment. Yeah. And if you breathe in the fumes, you literally drop, could drop dead yeah. right where you're standing. Well, not drop dead, just pass out and then fall in the hole. Pass out, fall in the hole, pass <laughs> up, never wake up again. Either way, it's bad news. Either way, it's oh, bad yeah. news bears, yeah. It's not going to It's, it's not bad gonna news well. bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so did they, the fire, did it get put out? No, the fires are still burning. Yeah, there's no the fiscal way that they can. They're still the, burning. There's yeah. no way that they can. Because it's in coal. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Coal. yeah. It's in a gigantic coal I want to see pictures. Or, it's really neat. Um and like uh, you know, the, the Silent Hill games take after it because you know there was ash literally raining down on the town, and that's depicted in the Silent Hill games. Yeah. Um, some of the like the monsters in the movie, they're like breathing right. what, what looks like they have fire in their throats or whatever. Right. Uh, and then like in the end, well, in the movie because I've never played the games. I'm a horror uh, game fan, but I've never played those. But in the end of the movie, like she goes underground, yeah. doesn't she? And yeah. it's yeah. all fiery because of the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where they got that from. Then because mm-hmm. like it's it, interesting. One of those random articles that I read could be true, could not be true. Probably not true, uh-huh. but but you read it on the internet. So yeah, it but has I read it on the internet, true. so it has to be true. Like they even got the the the, the famous Silent Hill siren. That's what this that's what this article said because yeah. that was the signal for people yeah. to evacuate. Mm-hmm. They was, they did actually have uh, one of those sirens there, and when they started evacuating people, they because yeah. because it was like a not really a scare tactic, but like hey, there's something seriously going yeah, wrong here. Like, you need to get out. Probably going to die yeah. or get seriously injured if yeah. you don't leave. Yeah, and fun fact: so our town. Uh, had a siren that used to go off at 4.30 every... Oh, wait, I'm telling... Hold on, precious. Oh, sorry. told by idiots. I forgot we're doing historical background. (laughs) It used to go off at at 4.30 every day and let the workers know that their work day was almost over, so go ahead and start cleaning up your stations and all that good stuff. So it would go off every day from City Hall at 4.30. Then it broke. Well, fast forward, what, like 20, 30 years, and all of a sudden they're like, hey, let's fix that siren, but not tell anybody in the general populace but that don't, we're But don't tell start. this generation of what people that live in this town that's played Silent Hills and beat the Silent Hills or yeah. watch the movies what's getting ready to go on. So we're sitting at work one day, and then all of a sudden this massive siren starts going off, and I call mom, and I'm like, mom... <laughs> There's a siren going off in town. I have no idea what it is. And she's like, is it 4.30? Immediately, is it 4.30? Yeah. Well, well, don't worry. It's just the 4.30 siren. It's not went off in 30 years, but. Yeah, know. well, the mayor the mayor <laughs> told me what it was because I, I saw him one day at Food City and I was like, hey, are you trying to scare <laughs> the crap out of us? <laughs> yeah. What? Now it's like, yeah. but it's so funny because now. I'll work and I'll hear the siren and I'll be like, "Oh, it's four thirty. It's I time to go home." Yeah. So, like, go home. I'm glad that, that we have it, but oh, yeah. it scared me at first. I'm like, Hill, I need to go to a church. <laughs> it was like I remember when they first started it back because I was sitting in my office and Tessa's office was across was still across the hall from mine, and uh, I heard the siren going off and I was like, "What?" <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah. I, I expected to step out. Didn't you come and over I, and find me? I did. I, st- I stepped out in the hallway and I was just like, "This is really weird." And, <laughs> and like, I I think I stuck my head in Tessa's office and I was something. Uh, I said something along the lines of, "I was like, do you hear that, or am I imagining things?" <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> well, I mean, I literally I was sitting, I was sitting right in there in that living room and I heard it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, me and Alice literally ran out the door. Like, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? Uh, I was expecting it to be nighttime like it is now. And like you said, <laughs> having to run over across the street to the church. And Yeah. It's a good thing we live so close to one. Yeah. Out the front door and into the front door of the church. <laughs> <laughs> the monsters are going to start showing up in a minute. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I'd played this scenario several times, so I knew what was going on. I grabbed the radio. He already <laughs> had the steps in his brain yeah. for what he yeah. had to do. So. I already knew that some messed up stuff was already going on, and I was getting my thinking puzzle thinking hat on, because I knew there was going to be several. Pyramid Head was going to start roaming Main Street. Yeah. <laughs> and what about me? Were you just going to leave me at the library and for, for me to fend for myself? Well, no. See, like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You sure. never played a Silent Hill game, because in order for me to get up there to you, I would have had to go through about 15 different houses and solved about 10 different puzzles that I'd had to look up on the internet. And then only when I got to the library, you'd have left a note and scrawled in blood ink and been like, like I'm gone. Because you're going to you're gonna walk through your neighbor's house and there's going to be a sheet of paper torn up in six pieces yeah. <laughs> that you have to rearrange yeah. for the front door to unlock. Yeah, for the front door to unlock. <laughs> by the time I figure it out, it goes off again and daylight comes back yeah. and you're... Nowhere to be Nowhere found. To be found. Siren goes off every twenty-four minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that was a rant and a half. <laughs> but yeah, so. and then just figured out I saw a big allegory that I'm actually inhaling. That's my me trying to tone for my sins. <laughs> Plot twist: I'm Plot actually twist. dead. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually dead. <laughs> well, it was interesting. Trust me. But at least my mom part. knew what it was, so she was like, it's just 4.30, you need to calm down. It was like all the older folks in town were just like, oh, okay. it's whatever. Yeah. It's not went <laughs> off in 30 years, but yeah. here it is. And then everybody our age is just like, oh God, we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's like part of life, and so yeah. no matter where I'm at, if I'm working or if I'm at the church or I'm home, because all three of those things are in town. Then it's going to end up going off like, in the middle of the night, and you're just going to get up out of bed and it's like, oh, it time to go home. Is it 4.30? <laughs> It's 4.30. It's actually a bomb dropping. No, it's 4.30. <laughs> Bring back the bomb. Bring back the bomb. <laughs> so, okay. Oh so, like, a common theme in both of our stories tonight was is the government meddles in everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was probably for the better in my it story. It was for the better yeah, for your story. Yeah, it was for the better. People were going to die. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, still, though, that pesky government. That pesky government. <laughs> I literally sat down with my brother yesterday on the front porch of my mom and dad's house, and we talked for an hour about the space landing. Most intelligent conversation, well, I wouldn't say the most that I've ever had with my brother, but one of the best conversations I've ever had with him. Shout out to Brother Joe. Yeah. <laughs> U.S. Smart Fellow. I mean, we've had plenty of discussions. I don't think that we've not. Yeah. But. Hey, and we're getting some, like, awesome awesome ideas from you guys yes like we in the past couple of days have gotten two or three different different prompts from what you want to hear about and uh and two of them well i guess that we've only had two but they're both super awesome so if you have something you want us to talk about hey send it our way mm -hmm. Don't uh, be shy. regardless of whether you know us or not like these came from two people that i know that are our listeners but if you uh you have an idea Send it our way. We would love to hear what you want to hear. I don't care if you're a complete and total stranger. I'll talk to you. Oh, yeah. I'll talk <laughs> to you. I will, too. Totally. I might seem like a strangest guy on the face of the earth to you until we meet each other. Yeah. Until we start talking. Yeah. So. I'll, but, still, uh, I'll still probably seem like the weirdest guy on earth. Yeah. Like, I, even you, then. You still Probably are, seem weirder. I've known you for five years now, and you probably still are the weirdest guy that I've known. Yeah. <laughs> Six years. Mm. Have you met Broy? Bory's just Bory's just in a universe of his own. That's the truth. He's not. He's just. He's not odd. I'm odd. Yeah. <laughs> You're odd in an endearing way. It's okay. That's true. Um, I'm cute. He's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. That's our little Tyrell. He's so cute. Uh, <laughs> the six foot. Uh, the six foot three, three hundred pound guy. <laughs> Balding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we wrap it up, I, I would like to give a thanks to Cody Prater at the Hobgoblin. We we mentioned him last last time, but he's really he's really into our podcast and he's really he really enjoys us and stuff. And he's been telling people to give us listens. Yeah, and mm -hmm. uh, he which owns, is nice. He owns a local shop here in Whitesboro called the Hobgoblin. Um, it's a little comic book store for all your match gathering uh, hobby needs and stuff and. Just like every pop vinyl you could ever want. Yeah, yeah. he's he's a huge pop vinyl enthusiast. Um, Lots of Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. yeah, he's been dealing more in like retro video games and stuff yeah. too. Yeah, he Super does. Cool. He does deal with a lot of that. Mm -hmm. So check him out on his Facebook page, 
Hobgoblin games. Yes. So, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Do we need to do any more shoutouts that we need to do? Uh, nope. We've not had any more Patreon patrons so, yet. But hey, shout out to Trey Wilson and Legina Adams because they're who sent me ideas in that are both super cool that I want to use. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys, I think I shared them with you and we all agree yeah. that they're pretty neat. So, what are our ats? Our ads are at History by Idiots. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can also email us at historybyidiots at gmail.com. We have a Patreon account, which you've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash historybyidiots. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to support us, we would appreciate absolutely anything. Um, even if all that you can give us is your input and your listen, that's mm-hmm. totally fine with us. Uh, for those of you that are so inclined to support us financially... We're in the process of getting some uh, rewards yeah. going, some stickers and some merch and stuff like that. Like, shoot me ideas for that, too, because I'm having a tough time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't know what people want from us. I don't. If it doesn't involve emu, like. we don't care what you we say. We need an emu <laughs> I'm playing. sticker. I'm, playing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 100% playing. Yeah, but the, we're getting the ball rolling on that, so mm-hmm. super excited. Um, you can listen to us on Google Play, iTunes, and um, on TuneIn. Got us on there now, too. But still yep. no Spotify? Still no Spotify. Dang it, Spotify. Spotify. And see, it's not just us. Like, There's a lot of top music industries and stuff. A lot of top music artists and stuff yeah. that's complaining about the well, other like podcasts I was listening one of, to. One of my favorite uh, groups, the, the Valley Cast, like, they're on their like 16th episode. And they just recently got on Spotify. Oh. What? Yeah. Yeah. All hope is not lost. All, All hope, hope is not, not lost. lost. That oh. was perfectly insane. <laughs> that was glorious. Man, husband and wife, you not. <laughs> I also want to give a shout out to one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, it's called And That's Why We Drink. Uh, I get a lot of ideas from them. Like, they're super cool. So, I figured since, you know, I'm, you know kind of borrowing ideas from them i should probably give them a shout out that's pretty cool i'll go give them a follow yeah yep they're they're really cool they do like ghost stories and uh sorry smack you (laughs) (laughs) and shout out to my urban explorer mom she's fabulous (laughs) we should we should do an urban explorer trip absolutely should soon absolutely (laughs) We'll podcast about it. We'll vlog it. It'll be fabulous. We'll live vlog it. In if it's just the like middle of the cemeteries or something like that, it's just mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be cool. Would that be cool? Oh, we should we should go to um, Car- not Carcassonne, but uh, Carbon, Carbon Glow. Glow. Oh yeah, yeah. We probably need to go up there before it turns into a federal um, prison. Yeah, yeah. We could give you lots of history about that place. Well, I, mean, I guess, I guess they can't cool. technically make a cemetery federal property, but I know where there's a really big hole in the ground. It's literally all it is. Just a really big hole in the ground. There's a hole in the bottom of the ground. <laughs> huh. You caught my attention, though. You've got my attention. It's just a big hole in the ground. This is up by Jenkins. What is in the hole in the ground? Nothing. <laughs> but it's, it's just there? It's just a big hole. It's Jenkins. Yeah. I want to walk under that tunnel that goes from Jenkins to Pound. If you can find it. Jim knows where it's at. There's a cave in Pine Mountain somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's full of... Uh, Secrets. It's full of uh, Civil War soldier payrolls. And secrets. And secrets. But that's History <laughs> Told by Idiots, <laughs> episode six. Yeah, oh, yeah maybe we'll talk 16. about that. Yeah, episode six. Oh, my God. Yeah, I thought of an idea of the name for this episode. What? what? Abandonment Issues. Abandonment Issues. Because Jordan left us. Oh, shout out to Jordan. <laughs> you see what happens, Jordan, when you want to better your life. <laughs> Shout out to Jordan, and you know what? I'll Jerk. say what's on everybody's mind because I'm not a man, and um, that may be gender stereotyping a little bit, but yeah, uh, way, way to go with that toxic masculinity. Yeah, sorry. Okay, <laughs> let me rephrase. I'm sentimental, and these two are not. I'm, um, so I'm we're, a jerk. We're proud of you, and the only glad thing that I'm sentimental about is if my, be, do, if my dog's be on nice. himself or not. You let me be nice. <laughs> so we're proud of you, and hope that you have all the best of luck with your new job. And we miss you, and Bethany, and wish you all the best. 
I'm just worried about it that Albus is sitting there in the other room listening to us. I'm going to see him dressed up as Pyramid Head when I go in there. That's our corgi. Yeah. He's going to slosh you open. Like, how awesome would that sword. be if you open up that door and he'll have a leather and apron on and have it just It like... wouldn't matter because <laughs> if he came at you with his little stumpy paws, he wouldn't get very far very fast. That's true, too. He'd t- yeah, he'd tire out before he bleed to the frame of the door. Yeah, our dog can walk 15 steps and then fall over yeah. asleep. He's not fat. <laughs> I mean, he's just... He's pretty fat. I guess it takes a lot of energy. Yeah, he's pretty fat. (laughs) All right, he's fat. (laughs) He's almost as round as he is. (laughs) (laughs) That needs to be our other mascot. Albus. Yep. (laughs) Love your libraries. Wait, 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 wait. You said that. I so messed it up. Love history. Love your libraries. And love yourself. Signing off. Deuces. Good night.